0: Pass first point guard and Trailblazer reporter Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts, and also on YouTube. If you're listening to my voice and you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, go ahead and do that. Remedy that situation right now. Go to YouTube, search Locked on Blazers, subscribe to the show. I would truly appreciate it. Today's show is a fun one. We're having a little fun. We got a guest here, my friend Chuck Charles Tuggle. How you doing, man?
1: Well... Happy to be back, sort of checking in, sort of midpoint of the season. Yeah, uh, I, I can't be too frequent of a collaborator. The uh, the original podcast is no longer happening, but uh, always a, a privilege to be a guest. So good to see you.
0: Yeah, rest in peace to my friend Chuck, the our original podcast for for a long time. I mean, some some folks out there, we really do have some original listeners, Chuck. So um, don't don't. <laughs> Thanks. Don't act like there's not people who haven't been with us from the beginning. But me and Charles used to host a uh, Blazers-centric podcast when I worked for the Oregonian, which kind of died when I stopped working for the Oregonian. But we did, at the beginning of the year, we did over-unders, a listener at Ben underscore Sprouse. Thanks to listener Ben, who sent, uh, that's his Twitter handle, at Ben underscore Ben sent us a list of over-unders, and prior to the season, Charles and I did our best to guess where Blazers would land on the over-unders. And now... A surprising—is that the nice way to say it, Charles? A a surprising season. Uh, Yeah,
1: uh, unexpected one. Yeah, yeah. Um, Take some twists and turns. Some ups and downs. Yeah, certainly.
0: So we wanted to revisit those over-unders from the beginning of the year. Now that we're at the halfway point, the Blazers have now played 43 games. Um, They're 18 and 25 uh, and kind of figure out what we got right, what we got wrong, and then look ahead using these kind of this as a framework. So we've got over-unders from Ben. Uh, Charles, the first one we did was Damon Lord 3.7 made three pointers per game. Both of us took the over. He was over four a game last, both the last two seasons. And then this season, we were wrong, dog. 3.2 a game. Uh, this is just sort of the beginning of the big trend, right? Is like Dame is the thing that made the whole season go south.
1: Yeah, he was the first domino to fall, uh, unfortunately. And, you know, may- maybe if this one was uh, a metric of sort of volume, it would be even worse Yeah, because <laughs> we did the per games. But even the per games, um, uh, big miss here is Dame has just been absent. And even yep. when he was around, he was hurt and not playing so well at yeah. all.
0: He wasn't himself. He was. And then I think it's the, that's the whole, it's like, I think other stuff has gone wrong. Like, I don't think Chauncey Billups started out super strong. I think he looked like a first year head coach, which is normal. Cause he was a first year head coach. Um, probably, probably the mm-hmm. main reason that he looks like that, but like, you know, the, the Blazers weren't particularly good when they were whole, but they weren't always totally whole because Dame wasn't Dame. Um, and now it looks like his season is probably done. I mean, I guess there's some whispers that he could come back in March, but I'm going to guess that his season is done. Um,
1: yeah, I would kind of hope so in a way uh, yeah. because he truly looked injured.
0: Yeah. He didn't look healthy. Uh, let's move on. We'll talk about this season here at the end of the uh, end. But let's let's get through these so we can kind of touch on. We got a, pretty much every player in the rotation here makes an mm-hmm. appearance. We had Amphrey Simons one point four free throw attempts per game. Both of us took the over on one point four attempts per game, and we got this one right at least so far because Amphrey Simons did us a solid one point five barely. attempts per game from the free throw line, baby.
1: Just barely, and I think we both believe that this would be uh, a very positive indicator, uh a sort of key performance indicator for a young developing player like Ant to sort of getting getting to the rack, uh getting to the free throw line, uh, attacking the basket. Um so he's hit that, which is a good thing.
0: He still doesn't really get all the way to the rim. Like he doesn't get all the way to the rim, but his he's more aggressive driving to the rim than he's ever been like there's no doubt about it
1: he's um, got the floater game you you want to see the poster game but uh he's got the floater game the, and, and that's nice too.
0: the floater <laughs> game is is nice uh he's really that in-between touch is really impressive from him he's got the whole bag one hand two hand off glass whatever you want it's just like i've seen him dunk charles i know he's capable of it i'd love to see him like one a game ish yeah. one every other game ish where he just we see it. We see it. Um, if nothing else, because dunks are fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Nazir has sort of shown more of that, uh, uh, that anger really attacking the rim a little bit more than, than Ant has. Yeah. Um, but you'd like to see more of that uh, as the the dunk liking fan that I am.
0: Yes. A fan of it. <laughs> Speaking of Nazir Little, uh, the next over-under we had was 16 and a half minutes per game. Both of us took the over and Naz clearing that no problem. 25.7 minutes per game so far. Probably only going to go up the rest of the season uh one of him and Ant the brightest spots in an otherwise pretty dark year wouldn't you say
1: yeah absolutely they they needed to develop some for their own sort of careers their own skill sets uh, but also for the team um even with how um sort of ambiguous and sort of um unknown the future is for the trailblazers the good thing that you got two young players developing well uh, whether they're sort of around to help or whether they're just a uh, part of kind of assets or, or sort of equity to sort of make some changes. A uh, good thing that they're both getting minutes and playing well.
0: I, I really like equity to make some changes. That's better than assets.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is, you know, maybe it's good, maybe it's bad, but but it's something, you know, that you can yeah. leverage basically. Yeah. I like uh, that. Wh- whoever's going to be doing that leveraging, we don't know, but uh, at least long term, we don't.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I- I think Joe Cronin's going to get the job. Sidetrack: side He hired someone to be um, to join his front office. You don't get to hire somebody. Yeah, if that not would getting... show trust. Yeah, would show trust in him. Yeah. Um, so uh, next one we got is this is a good one. It's Tony Snell, over under five and a half starts. I took the over. You took the under. This is the first one. I mean, we were both wrong in the Dame one. This is the first one that we split on. Um, <laughs> The quote that you gave, Tony Snell has already started seven games. He's already passed it up in the first, first half of the season. The quote that you gave here, I listened back to the episode. This episode is available October 15th, 2021. So if you want to re-listen to see what we thought heading into the season, that episode is there for you. Uh, October 15th is, is, is going to be in your feeds. But Charles said, if this happens, these are cataclysmic circumstances. <laughs> Dog, I think yeah, it's been pretty yeah, cataclysmic. Prescient,
1: <laughs> prescient prediction on that one, um, and I'm not happy to see Snell get those starts. Um, nothing against the the person, of course. I'm not really happy to see Snell get any playing time at all at this point in the season because it's it's tank mode. Yeah. So I don't really know why he's out there. But yes, Tony did get some starts when things were um, really bumpy. Uh, what a few months ago, month yeah, and a half ago, two weeks like- ago.
0: I mean, some of it is just like roster problems. And I understand earlier in the season, cause like Tony Snell's like his, the, the thing he's going to do is he's probably not going to screw up. He doesn't do a lot of positive stuff, but like, very few screw ups. Right. So like mm-hmm, early in the mm-hmm. year when you're a still a player. Yeah. When you're still going for it, I understand Snell. I don't really understand Snell at this point. What is the, you know, if, if, if Chauncey Billups is going to be the head coach for four plus a pl- option, five seasons, Tony Snell is not part of the plan. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. find, out, find out if any of these other young dudes are part of the plan, specifically Greg Brown. We'll talk about him in a moment uh, in the next mm-hmm. segment. Um, here's one that I th- I'm really surprised on. Yusuf Nurkic, over-under was set at 3.5 assists per game. Previous season, he averaged 3.4 assists per game. We both pounded the over, and he's under by a lot. Like, he's probably not going to catch this number. 2.7 mm-hmm. assists per game so far for Nurk. I would regard this as pretty damn surprising.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I and many other fans were were curious about many things with the new sort of Billups era, one of which was sort of what's going to happen with Nurkic. How is he going to be used? Is he going to be used differently? More of a passing fulcrum, more of a low post kind of touches. We can talk about whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, <laughs> but his role was ostensibly possibly going to change. Right. Um, it doesn't seem like it's changed all that much. It's some def- defensive things. Yeah. yes um but offensively he's he's kind of the same player that he was and that he's not hitting uh those sort of assist numbers um
0: over the last three weeks guys. or so since dame has been out out and they've been kind of turning it over to Ant and norman like when when it was no no dame no cj they've posted up nurk a lot more um like a lot lot more um someone shared the numbers with me it's almost three times as much as, as the beginning of the season um wow and uh they um, I didn't look it up, so I'm not going to take credit. I didn't do this research. Someone literally was like, have you seen this? This is impressive. Um, yeah. But I asked Chauncey about it and he kind of was like, yeah, I mean, we're just trying to do our best. He gave like a really boring answer. So um, I think the point is it's like you got to the, they got to this section where it's like they didn't really, couldn't figure out how to use Nurk and use everybody. That was like the growing pains of Chauncey. He couldn't figure out how to get everyone involved. And then mm-hmm. once he, once it kind of, became a necessity because there was no dame no cj they figured out okay we're going to post up nurk more i'm with you i don't really love it um but there's some times when he passes well out of the post and there's some times when he dominates physically in the post it's not all bad um -hmm. but you know he's also
1: in this disjointed season he's proving to be a steady character absolutely um, kind of uh with his fitness which of course has been a big issue not just sort of uh, the injury issues, but some of the cardio issues in the past, um, but just sort of so many people in and out. And CJ with the long pulmonary, we've already discussed Dame sort of absence and issues. Uh, and he's sort of proven to be that that consistent sort of veteran sort of producing figure. Uh, it's just not at the suit of assist level that that I would have thought.
0: Yeah, the playmaking never got there. The, the rest of Nurk's just being a steady presence, which is um, all you could have really asked for Nurk at the beginning of the year was to be reliable. And I think, if nothing else, he, uh, warts and all, use of Nurkic has been reliable this season. Um, so respect to Nurk And an otherwise year where um, maybe a younger Nurk would have said, F this. Uh, he's stayed with it and he's he's been good. Um, he's just, he has his limitations and we and we see them from night to night. Uh, let's come back mm-hmm. in the second segment. We've got more over unders, more guys to talk about, some end of the bench characters, some CJ McCollum action. We'll talk about all that in the second segment. But first, let me tell you about prize picks. It's Daily Fantasy made easy. It's a DFS prop prop operator better than all the other DFS prop operators. Uh, Here's how it works. You pick... A, you make selections between two and five players. You pick an over-under, you're just picking over-under versus the projections by Prize Picks. It's points, it's rebounds, it's three-pointers, it's fantasy points, whatever you want it, whatever you want it to be. You make your selections, then you can win some money if you get it right. You don't have to get them all right. You get three out of five, you're going to get paid out four out of five, five out of five, the the, the money changes. Super easy, super fun. I, I use it on my phone. I use the app, but you can also go to Picks.com And when you're there, put in the promo code NBA and you will get how about this? Free money in your account. They're just going to give you a free $5. All you got to do is sign up for an account, put some make one selection. If that one selection You actually have to make two to make a little ballot, but you make two, you pick two players, either one of those dudes, pick Amphrey Simons. Amphrey Simons is going to score one point on Wednesday night against the Miami Heat, and you're going to get free money from Picks. Don't wait. Take advantage of this offer right now. That's prizepicks.com or in your app store, the PrizePix app. Use the promo code NBA. That's PrizePix Daily Fantasy Made Easy. All right, still rocking here with my friend Chuck, still talking over-unders, revisiting the things that we got wrong from the beginning of the year in uh, the Blazers season hasn't gone right, and it started with us not knowing what we were talking about back in October. Um, The latest over-under, or the next over-under that was sent to us is CJ McCollum's 22 points per game over-under. I went under, you went over. CJ landed just under at twenty point four points per game. I will say this: despite going under, I I said the following thing on the October fifteenth podcast. This is who he is. He's a twenty two point per game guy. (laughs) Whoops.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, things happen uh, that are uh, within and without CJ's control, Um, and. Yet another sort of casualty, maybe of this up and down season, was uh, any sort of consistent CJ play. Who, of course, hurt his lung, hurt his chest, uh, and then welcomed a uh, beautiful child into the world.
0: Yeah, I saw I saw the pictures of of that kid on social media. You can too, if you'd like to. Um, thanks to CJ and and uh, and and fam for sharing, letting fr- friends in on what it's like to be a. Uh, uh, what it's like to be a new dad and have a a tiny little newborn at home. Um, I I don't think CJ has been bad this year. There was just times when Dame was f- struggling when they needed CJ to take take a bigger load and take a step forward. And I think early in the season pre injury is kind of frustrating that CJ wasn't quite there. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, I'm not. Too, I haven't been too critical of his season. I just think um, he's been pretty good, and they needed him to be a little bit better than pretty good.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's not much to say, right? Yeah. um it's difficult to sort of almost like an incomplete really on cj's season and just his i would agree his status with the franchise is sort of is so wishy-washy right now even for fans that are like love him hate him don't care want him to stay want him to go want him to get out of here as quick as possible it's kind of all over the place so he's agreed he's an interesting figure i think in sort of blazers kind of uh, atmosphere right now
0: yeah yeah i mean i don't i if you had to pick now let's just assume he's on the roster for the end of the season would you would you think that that 20.4 goes up to 22 or would you would you change to the under now
1: i'd probably switch to the under now but i mean he's back and healthy and i know you just read that quote which is proved not to be correct but it's pretty close to being true, yeah. I think. <laughs> 21
0: a game, 22.2, 23.1 over his last three seasons prior to this one. So that's right in the range. Uh, credit to Ben Sprouse for, uh, for hooking it up mm-hmm. with a good line that uh, confounded us and continues to confound us now. Uh, the next line we got is CJ Ellaby over under total seven and a half steals for the season. I went over, you went under. CJ Ellaby, play, he plays regularly and he has yep, 10 steals yep, this season. That's not
1: what I was <laughs> <laughs> expecting nor hoping for if i'm honest (laughs) yeah
0: this is the cataclysmic thing again it's like if he had played spot minutes i think seven would have been right up against it but he plays every night and he's a pretty i mean he's not like this elite defender but he has pretty good defensive instincts and he's um he's getting in the passing lanes. He's making it happen. Um, I don't think this is like a telling stat so we can move on, but like, um, CJ, the the telling stat is the, the, the volume CJ LB has played a bunch of games. Um, Greg Brown, the third 21 and a half, uh, games played over under. We both hit the over. He's at 17 right now. He's gonna, he's gonna hit the over. We're going to be right about this one. Few. Mm -hmm. We've been wrong about a bunch in a row. Uh, um, This is a quote from you from October 15th. I think this guy has the raw potential you have to test out. Still true.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's this, in this case, it's not such a bad thing. Yeah. That he is giving these moments again for the organization. It's just, it's always good to gather that information of like, is this guy all right or not? is yeah. he worth committing money to is he worth committing sort of time on the court to? And maybe they still haven't learned those, right. <laughs> those, those answers. Um, but he's going to get more time to play, I think kind Hopefully. of as the season goes on and, um, but maybe just not large stretches. So how much can you learn in those quick sort of moments, sort of junk time it's, I think it's difficult, difficult to consider that sort of, um, kind of tantamount to to real playing experience
0: hundred percent agree it's getting in the final nine minutes of a game that doesn't matter is not the same as checking in with eight minutes left in the second quarter and being like hey we need you to be good like you're only going to play six minutes but we need good six minutes from you um i would just like to see tony snell's minutes be greg brown's minutes that's all that's all
1: that's pretty simple
0: yeah um I don't think it's going to happen, but uh, maybe the roster will change and maybe the goals of the roster will change very specifically where it's like, hey, let's get Greg Brown 18 minutes every night and they'll figure it out. But for now, it looks like it's not going to happen. Our next over-under, Trenton for 10 and a half games played. Uh, the over we. Over under. You went under. I went over. And I and I said I'm really nervous about it. And you said I don't know much about this young gentleman. He's played 17 games so far, and he's like basically part of the nightly rotation. Um, Mm -hmm. He's fine. Like I don't. I I like I like his defensive instincts. I think he can pass a little bit. Um, He's 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 not like a really good NBA player yet. But I I I would call myself intrigued by Trenton Watford so far.
1: Yeah, and the team's kind of needed him. Yeah, as they 100%. were short, uh, short some bigs uh, for a little while there. You know, Zeller was out as well, um, so the team has needed him to step up, and he's been there. Yeah, um, he's—I mean,
0: he's legitimately their backup center right yeah, now. He is uh,
1: present. You know, there's something to be said about that. Again, like, how much does it matter for for the Blazers' career or, or future? I'm not so sure, but uh, but he's playing and he's stepping up. Go for him.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, there's some nights where he's he's unnoticeable. There's some nights where it's like one negative and, and two positives, or and then there's four negatives and a positive. But it's mixed bag. He's a young guy. Um, but like you said, he's playing, and they need him. Here's a quick one. Marquise Chris, over-under, half-game played. We both picked the under and said Dennis Smith Jr. was going to make the team, and Dennis Smith Jr. indeed made the team. Uh, Marquise Chris plays for the Dallas Mavericks.
1: Okay, so yeah, he's still getting shots somewhere. Yeah. Uh, uh he signed. Good for him. I, I think more and more franchises are probably learning that that's not worth it, but uh, but good for him.
0: Yeah. So uh, <laughs> they signed him and they waived Willie Cauley Stein. Um, and hmm. I will say this: either one of those dudes would be a good backup center for the Portland Trailblazers right now. <laughs> sure, those
1: guys have always looked like they could be NBA players, you know. I, yeah. But they've both had a hard time sort of finding uh, sticking. That, that, exactly that roster spot exactly
0: all right let's come back in the second segment or third segment close out the show more of these we'll talk a little about the direction of the blazers what charles wants to see from his beloved pinwheels before we do that let's talk about BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action whatever that action is whether you want to bet on nhl hockey whether you want to bet on soccer all over the globe if you want to bet on charles's beloved gunners and arsenal to climb the table in the premier league I don't recommend it, but you can do that on Bet Online. That's there for you. You can bet on the NBA. You can bet in the NFL playoffs. Uh, whatever you want, you'll find it there. So visit their website, betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKED ON. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus when you're making your first deposit. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. Still a pass, first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listen to Locked On. Blazers still chatting here with Charles Suggle, my friend Chuck. We're doing over-unders. We're we're finding out what we got wrong. The next one is Larry Nance Jr., over-under, .9 steals per game. We both hit the over, and Larry Nance creeped, creeped up in their 1.0 steals per game, according to basketball reference. You said on October 15th, Charles, I like this guy a lot. I think he's really going to help improve the Blazers' defense.
1: Yeah, well, some situations are are hopeless. Perhaps is, is what yeah. you want to learn, and sometimes you got to pack it in and, and move on. Um, I got to say, I've been very underwhelmed with Larry Nance. Um, Me too. I thought it was again, gonna be better. You know, context does matter, right? Sure. The situation you're in, the environment in which you're in, is going to go some way to sort of you know hurting you or or, or helping you in, in anything. Um, and yet, still, if you can ball, you can ball. Um, and I think that's going to sort of shine through. And I feel like watching him earlier in the year, not to talk defense, but to talk offense. I think I overrated him as a passer. Um, I used to, I thought that he was a pretty solid passer and sort of play out of those sort of, um, those reads well enough. Um, I don't really think he has the vision and it's always like, it's kind of like Myers Leonard type stuff where it's like a half second too slow in the decision-making. So I don't know if I wasn't watching them close enough and he was in Cleveland. So I'll give myself some credit that I wasn't watching tons of Cavs ball. Um, but a, a bit underwhelmed with Larry Nance.
0: Yeah. I, I thought Larry Nance was going to be way better. Um, some of it is, I think he's a weird fit with Yusuf Nurkic, which like, yeah, it is what it is. But like, um, you know, he played some backup five by himself and it wasn't, he was better in those minutes, but he still wasn't like really good to the point where you're like, okay, this is the solution. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I I thought he was going to be better. I thought he was going to be better on defense. Um, I, 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 in general, I don't think he's been bad, but I just, he has not met my expectations, which were admittedly high. Um, Mm -hmm. He's just kind of been, he's kind of been decent to fine. And he, you know their defense has he's he was supposed to be the upgrade on defense and they're as bad if not worse than they were a season ago. So, whoops.
1: Yep, yeah, yep yeah, hard to see him even sort of um making a big impact on a very competitive team's roster actually. How I'm like looking at his skills now and everything, I'm like wow, you have really really great. Yeah, really really great team that's trying to win a chip. I don't know if you it's always sneaking into the rotation honestly. I think you just have some serious questions about some of that defense or what he can do without the ball um, on the offensive end. Yeah. That um,
0: part, that part I worry about. I probably am not as, I probably haven't gone as far as you on, on the Larry Nance, but yeah, the offense worries me. His, the shooting and the way people don't guard him on from the perimeter makes him like have to play five. But even then mm-hmm. the handoff stuff, if you don't get pressure defense to kind of work in behind, it becomes hard to, I don't know he's he, to me his offense has been more disappointing than anything else so I, I'm with you there um I'm a believer though that if he had if he had better teammates or if teammates that fit him better he could help but I, I I'm i not 100% sure what that is because like he played with some really good offensive guards and I don't know maybe exactly yeah, yeah. So I'm with you. Maybe maybe you've convinced me, but I'm I'm probably not that far along. Uh, Norman Powell over under 40.5 percent from three. We both took the under, and we were pretty hesitant. In fact, you said that you would have probably taken the over at 39 and a half. And mm-hmm. right here, Norman Powell, as of right now, uh, 39.9 percent from from three, just under 40 percent. He's 75 of 188 from three. We're literally talking about one make. If he's one make, he's shooting forty point four percent from right. three. So like one make, he's exactly at the line. But one, you know, he's one miss, so he'd be at forty. He'd be at forty point four. Um, and I guess I think you can round up. I didn't pay that close attention to the decimal, but forty point four, um, right at the line. Great line set by Ben. We were both mm-hmm. under. He's he might be over. Like I mean,
1: normally yeah, that that'll be close. Just yeah. just numbers wise. Um, but yeah, credit to credit to Ben on this one. Yeah. Um, Good and credits annoying for being solid as hell. No. Yeah, and he's had a sort of up-and-down season as well, sort of in and out.
0: Yeah, I, I think he's maybe been the Blazers' most consistent player. Um, but, you know, and now he's, you know, the COVID stuff left him behind a little bit. And I think his de- like his defense has been worse this year, undeniably. His defense yeah. has taken a step back. Um, but off- offensively, I think he's been their most consistent player, I should say. Um, again, Yusuf Nurkic might be the Blazers' most consistent player, which is... Really something. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And that's what you would have hoped for a few years ago with the rest of the team in a different state. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. But the tables have turned. Yeah,
0: things just never line up, huh? Um, Over under Robert Covington, 1.1 blocks per game. We both were under on this, and we're haters. We're haters, Charles. Mm -hmm. Robert Covington, Mm -hmm. 1.3 blocks per game. Um, He's averaging um, one and a half blocks per game over his last eight contests. Um, He's looking... He had a stretch early in the career when he looked early in the season, when he looked terrible and now he yeah, looks he, pretty good
1: yeah he's come on some um what to sort of attribute that to not so sure there have right. been disruptions in this season from covid stuff and other things going on in people's lives but uh, he, he seems to have sort of been a streaky player for a lot of his career actually so maybe that's sort of the ups and downs of of the season for certain types of players that sort of have to find that sort of form or yeah. flow or whatever you want to call it um, cause he has come around a bit recently, which is a good thing.
0: Yeah. Credit to him though. When he got benched, I thought that might, that he was just going to be like, well, p- peace and just check out. And he did not check out. So credit to him.
1: Um, cause the yeah, NBA that, is that's long pretty easy when, when the paychecks are still coming in
0: to be like, yeah, you don't want me to start. That's fine. I'm not going to do, sh-. um, over under forty nine and a half games for played for Ben McAmore. We both hit the under. He's played twenty six games this season, um, and we're past the halfway mark. He's also appeared in twenty one straight games when he's available. He is going to if he's a blazer, he is going to soar past this number, Charles. Um, and you said back in October, I'm going under, but I got no idea. Totally fair. Totally fair. This was a hard hard one to guess, and obviously mm-hmm. injuries have injuries have changed the calculation completely.
1: Right. And yet in moments he's, he's, he's looked good he, he can for his role. Right. Yeah, right. For, for what, what's been asked of him. Um, and that's always been the question through, through his career really is sort of filling, filling out that role a bit. Um, so yeah, again, maybe not a great case with the Blazers sort of team success or lack thereof this year, but, but he's carving himself out some space. So so good on him. He's yeah, he, still got a beautiful jump shot.
0: Uh, yeah, I was going to say, the, the, Ben McElroy is a classic case of like, he's only good at one thing, but it's a great thing to be good at. <laughs> if, you, if you were to pick one thing, uh, shooting three-pointers, high on the list if you're going to have one NBA skill. Being six five with a ratchet, dude can really shoot it. And when he gets hot, like, I mean, he's, um, that's 6'10 with a ratchet. Shout out to Chandler Parsons. Um, but if you, uh, uh, you know, it, like he shoots almost every time he gets the ball because he's damn good at it. Um, so it's like you know what's gonna happen when Ben McMore's in the game, he's gonna get him up, and uh often, about forty-seven percent of the time, they've been going in. Um over under Cody Zeller, six point five points per game. We both hit the over. Cody Zeller, five point two, he's the under. I said, I think he's an eight and eight guy off the bench. I was way wrong. Cody Zeller has not been close to that. Not been close <laughs> yeah, to Yeah,
1: Nate's looking awfully nice at this point of this season if that's what his numbers were eight and eight would feel incredible pretty
0: oh my god eight and eight never been better we don't it's like cody zeller out with a knee injury fractured kneecap
1: um it bopped his nose before the season even started right yeah
0: exactly bopped his nose he was on the covid list he had a has a has a cracked bone in his kneecap and his patella tendon or patella whatever um he's uh He's just—I mean—he's been oft injured, and this is another oft injured situation. And even when he's been on the court, um, he has been worse than. I was a big Zeller believer at the beginning of the year, and he has not been that good. Um, Also, he's a minimum backup center, so like it's not that detrimental. It's not as detrimental as other guys struggling, but he just hasn't been. He hasn't been there.
1: No, no injuries hurt him. Um, But right, maybe uh, you and I both were imagining the sort of platonic ideal of the, exactly. of the backup kind of exactly. center and Cody Zeller's just best life. Um, and yeah, and he's had a rough year like a lot of us. So. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Keep your head up, Cody.
0: Yeah. Stay strong, big handsome. Uh, last over under, this wasn't from Ben. This one we set was the Blazers wins over under forty four and a half. and a half. We both took the over. You said over easy, easy money. <laughs>
1: The Blazers. Uh, are on money's p- never been easy. Yeah. Never been easy. Never to say that. <laughs>
0: never been easy. The Blazers are on pace by their win percentage to win 34 games, and we're in 36 by 538s, like projection metrics. Mm-hmm. Um, neither of those numbers are close to 44 wins. Uh, <laughs> we were wrong about that one. So I want to ask you, Charles. Now that the Blazers are 18 and 25, what the hell do you want them to do? And where? How do you sort of square fandom with a team that you would? a couple weeks ago, probably like to see win all their games. And now maybe not so much.
1: Yeah. You know, ultimately as a fan, I I never personally lose sight of the fact that this is leisure for me. Like, sure. it, it, and basketball means a lot to me outside of watching the NBA, right? That, that there, I can speak more loftily about it, what it means to me. Um, but as an NBA fan, as a trailblazers fan, it's just some entertainment and leisure for me. Um, and I think fans should have they should have certain expectations to sort of um, meet that sort of demand or requirements So sort of for your for your energy and time and engagement. And one of those is probably like playing hard, you know, watching professional sports, professional athletes getting paid lots and lots and lots of money, deserving to be clear sure. for the most part, uh, but lots and lots of money. So to see people loafing or are not like, you know, always giving it their all. That's a big no-no for me, and that kind of upsets me, and that was a problem with the Trailblazers earlier this season. Yeah. Middle of the year, um,
0: there were some games they just quit. They just quit. It was like middle of the second quarter, you're like, oh, they're, this one's over. They might Yeah, well just- un-
1: unacceptable and called out by Chauncey and uh, and called out by uh, Scott Brooks when he was sort of filling in um, for the same thing. So so that's tough. So I guess you know, as a fan, I always want my team to play hard.
0: Play hard right? would be nice. Yeah, try.
1: That's probably the like the first thing. The second thing, I would like them to play beautiful too. That's different. And that's sort of like the aesthetic part of this sort of leisure activity for me. Uh, and I'll say even with the Trailblazers' success in recent years, and they have been very successful, like, you know, championship robust, get that out of here, but just they have been successful. They've never played very beautiful basketball to me. That's always been kind of a, a, a bugger kind of of mine. Um, and the team's just... It, They're they're in a point where it's obvious kind of what they need to do, which is kind of this like soft tank or sort of um, short term kind of tank. Um, And it's strange to talk about wanting a team to lose as a fan or cheering for that. And I don't do that, but it's very clear that it it would be better for the Trailblazers sort of near and maybe midterm future. To lose more games to try to get that draft pick, a high draft pick this year, so that's kind of where I'm at. Not really actively cheering for any sort of losing or or, or misfortune to sort of hit the team, um, but just the way they, the cookie has crumbled, um, lots of little pieces around, and they got just got to clean it up. You know,
0: do you want them to get rid of everybody? Like, are you are are you a trade Dame, trade Norm, trade Larry? Tra- you know, like is that is that where you're at, or where where are you um,
1: probably everyone but Dame honestly should should probably, their name should be floated around. And the Dame thing, that's going to come down to like, how does he recover from the surgery? Is he back to what he was last year and the years before? That's a top, top player. I right. don't think you really, I don't think you get rid of him, it's that simple. Um, if he's not recovering or if Dame is like, um, I'm good on this, Yeah. Um, maybe it's time for me to try something new, then <clears throat> pardon, then yes, you sort of pursue that avenue of trading Dame. Um, but I think for the, the sort of short term, sort of near term future for the Trailblazers, I, I don't even really pick up the phone about Dame, I don't think. Like yeah. this year.
0: Yeah. I, I I we I had Nate Duncan on earlier this week and he was like, Of course you trade Dame now. And um I understand the logic of that argument and I kind of was like, That's why I wanted to have Nate on there because I knew he would I knew he would yeah. I knew mm-hmm. he would bring the logic. But I think like this sort of nostalgic or romantic in me says, no, you give this one more shot with Dame. You give it one more legitimate shot. Do I think they can build a championship team from here to whatever to this time next season? Probably not. No, like I don't, I don't give them a very good chance of doing that. Um, But to, to have, to have a 10 year run end like this, he gets hurt and you punt on him. I don't, that strikes me as not the right way to do it. But the logic of, if you don't trade him now, you're going to end up with a worse package I think is real, but also like from a my perspective, I don't give a shit about the package. <laughs> I
1: and like, even to play that game, you know, I, I don't think the package is super good for Dame right now. I think his right. value was as low sure. as it's ever been. Sure. Um, and you know, that's one of my favorite players ever. And I think the team should should keep him around for, for a lot of different reasons. Um, uh, but it just paid a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of money. This is increasingly a problem for for lots of teams and certain players. I don't know what the NBA does about it. That's a different, different conversation. Yeah, I just don't pod. think his value is very, very high right now. Sure. Um. So trade them like get them out here as quick as possible. I don't think you're going to get a return, or you're not going to be happy with what other you're teams get are ben you. you're gonna Ben Simmons. You're going to
0: get. It's like you, It's like. And why are you going to be happy with Ben Simmons? And I don't think a Dame for Ben Simmons. That doesn't seem super palatable. To, palatable to me. Although, who knows what the package will be in the future? Maybe I'll be like, damn, Ben Simmons is pretty good. The way I look at that eight and eight for Cody yeah. Zeller, I'm like damn, eight and eight looks pretty good.
1: We don't have to get too distracted by Ben, but like that dude needs to play again, is what needs to happen with him, yeah, because like, he might have the yips forever, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I need to see him on a court again. If I'm like thinking about trading for him, I'm like, he's got to suit up for a few games. Like, is he just psychologically washed? I'm sorry, I can go on and on about that, yeah, it's okay. Such well, here's a he- consistent storyline.
0: Charles, here's the good news. He's going to get traded to the Kings. And you know that's a franchise <laughs> that can take care of players and fix their careers. Um, so it should be fine. He'll be fine. Like, I'm sure Benson yeah, he'll, he'll, like, be,
1: he'll, be, he'll be getting Ubers and Lyfts from from L.A. <laughs> it's like how far he's on Google Maps. Like how far is Sacramento from 30, uh, Beverly
0: $3,300 to take a ride down, <laughs> down to Los Angeles. Oh, 11 hours. Uh-oh. Um do you think I'll I'll get you out of here on this one? Amphrey Simons has been incredible, looks like a young star.
1: Which I was wrong about as well? I'll i eat crow there really quick to say. Yeah, you've kind of been an that.
0: Amphrey Simons doubter, I would say. Yeah, not I've been a hater, hater a little bit. Not hater, but a doubter. A doubter. Um
1: right. I, I didn't see him actually reaching this um this ceiling, which Which Neil said, give Neil his sort of credit. Yeah, shout out to Maybe he was just protecting his ego, but he always publicly believed in in ant and and that's been vindicated as he's looked great. So to cut you off, but please continue. No, hold
0: on. Uh, I'll cut myself off here. Shout out to listener <laughs> Scott, who, who sent me a tweet that said that every Simons is a classic case of hashtag Neil's right. A classic hashtag I've heard on this show before <laughs> to celebrate when Neil is right. Uh, Simon died for this. <laughs> yeah, every <laughs> Simons is a hashtag Neil's right, unfortunately, for those of you who hate Neil Olshay or whatever. Um, Damon Ant... Together as a backcourt in the future. Is that something you want to see? Or like, where are you at with that?
1: Yeah, it, it seems to run the same issues that the Blazers have been running through the past few years, a sort of redundancy of the backcourt positions and and the lack of size and uh, defensive kind of um acumen as well um with that being said you gotta sort of keep ant around a little bit right now he's looking really good and like yeah. he could be a top sort of scoring player and he's really developed he's not a natural playmaker to me but it's gotten better a lot of yeah a lot of playmaking can be learned i think there's like court vision which i think people are like born with true vision like that oh and yeah and other stuff you can kind of just learn to make those reads and you see that all the time with just sort of like young players learning to kick it to the corner basically totally. off totally. of the dribble or something like that technically learning that path and he's got that stuff down so he's looking like it could be a top player Yeah, uh, that's, and a helpful player
0: that's kind of my thing with Ant is I think he's going to be really good and I think you always in a situation like Portland's you try to keep talent but mm-hmm. if you end mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. with Dame and Ant as your two backcourt starters after 10 years of Damon CJ what the <laughs> like what the hell yeah you're
1: like cleaning off the mirror, <laughs> like is yeah, exactly. I recognize this guy <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's like it's it. I'm I I think Amery Simon's really good. I just I don't I can't I can't celebrate a path forward where the Damon CJ era ends. So another budding young scoring guard under six foot three with some defensive limitations comes in next to Damon. I'm like, yep, championship. Um, but I will admit, you might trade Amery Simon's and he goes off yeah. somewhere. But fit matters. Like the roster matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can think- be
1: valuable sort of equity as well um, in potential trades or packages. Yeah. Um, what is he, is he restricted free He'll agent? He'll be a restricted free agent
0: this summer. Yeah. So oh, okay. it's the right to pay ant, but not a lot of teams have cap space. So I think the right, t- you know, there's only four teams right now that are projected to have cap space. So another team that wants to get in on the Anthony Simons deal, but doesn't have the cap space, like they can make a move. Um, so it'll be, who knows, who knows what's next. Yeah. Charles.
1: If I was also, if I was the blazers, I would be wary of giving ant a CJ like contract, even though Ant's looking like a really good player, but th- th- that one's proving obviously too much, kind yeah, of, exactly. um, based on the market.
0: Yeah, I don't think Ant's going to get thirty million a year, but um, if but if Ant gets twenty two to twenty four million a year, it might st- you might run up in the same obstacles. Mm-hmm. He's worth it. Like he's he, he's really good. He's really mm-hmm. good. It's it's just. Um, neil o'shea pokemon this thing he collected every good six foot three player he possibly could and put him put him in the backcourt um and here we are you got a bunch of grass type pokemon and you uh but okay i'm not gonna (laughs) i'm
1: not gonna continue that i was gonna try to hang with that i was like no i don't remember how to play that actually now Uh, i
0: don't think i've played pokemon since like a literal game boy at my homie jeff's house shout out to the homie jeff not listening not on mic not in the studio not listening to the podcast um Charles, uh, I won't make you promote anything. I think last time we we told listeners to uh, go check out a book from their local library. Is there anything else you'd like to promote uh, from the arts? <laughs> Let
1: me just throw my uh, my e- my personal email address up here, as I don't have much other sort of uh, uh, big public sort of facing things. No, no, a uh, place in basketball, tell your people you love them. Um, yeah, be happy.
0: There you go. Dear listeners, tell your friends about this podcast. They can get it wherever they already get podcasts. On YouTube, all the po- all the podcast platforms, just search Lockdown Blazers, and uh, we'll be right there waiting for you. More shows later this week. The Blazers play the Miami Heat tonight. If you're listening to this, this is Wednesday, January 19th show. We'll have a recap of that show. Jason Quick's going to join the podcast later this week. We have, all tons of, it's, we have all kinds of fun. All types of fun. All flavors of fun. I don't know where I was going with that one, but whatever it is, we have fun. Five days a week. Come back and join us. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.